Okay, so uh, we kind of uh, trying to figure out what to, what to proceed with. Baruch Hashem, last week we finished Varen Seifa Ben Ter for Life. And uh, one of the suggestions Rabbi Yamin, Rabbi Lenachi was pushing was uh, to maybe uh, learn Mesfarm um, of Hirsch, particularly the 19 letters. So um, there's a tremendous, tremendous difference and contrast between the Ben Ter for Life and the 19 letters, obviously. But Torah for Life started off with like a philosophical underpinnings and then kind of got a little practical. I got very practical, excuse me. Um, very, very relevant, very, very Lamaisa. Rav Hirsch, you know, Rav Hirsch dies in 1888. So uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, well over 100 years ago. Um, he wrote the Sefer early in his life. It is, I would say, probably mostly philosophical, right? Mostly trying to hashkafa of Yiddishkeit that he's trying to put forth. Um, but again, we, we will try to make it practical, you know, if we can, we'll try to bring out more of the practical elements, but understanding that, you know, we're trying to get more of a, more of a hashkaf of Yiddishkeit, and, and, you know, by that same token, understanding that Rav Hirsch may be different than a lot of what you heard in Yeshiva, a lot of what you hear now. Rav Hirsch is, you know, we try to, like, remember, we were just, we were just talking, we try to make everyone, like, one big happy family, that Rav Hirsch is really agrees to this one, and everyone all just agrees about Tanya and the guy were best friends, and it's all like... You know, there are differences, you know, we, try, we, we today can try to reconcile and try to absorb the best of everyone, but recognizing that there are differences and Tarim Deracheres is, is different than, than, the, than, you know, than, than, than the yeshiva, than the litvisha world, um, and appreciating those differences and understanding in many ways of Hirsch really is very practical for us nowadays. Of Hirsch is writing, you know, in the world of Germany, the Astala, Tarim Deracheres, you know, uh, is it Tarumad, is it not? These are all very, very important questions which uh, we'll hope we'll get to over the course of the next coming months. Um, but having said that, recognizing that it is a more difficult, say, friend, uh, so uh, usually, you know, I don't want to start something unless uh, we commit to finish it, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see, we'll have to, Rabbi Yama will evaluate if it's, if it's going well and uh, whether we want to, you know, uh, continue. Um, another, again, Rav Hirsch, Rav Hirsch um, so just as a, a historical background, we didn't really advertise that we're starting this year, so maybe next week we'll, we'll actually start the first letter. So maybe just give a few interesting points of introduction and uh, to kind of lay out, lay out the, the, the background of the Sefer. So it's very interesting. Rav Hirsch, um, Rav Hirsch was the Talmud of two main people. Uh, one of them is not so well known. His name was Chacham Isaac Bernays. Um, he was called a Chacham even though he was German because uh, they say because he wanted to you know, separate himself from the reformers. The reformers, you know, they have rabbi, you know, every, every Becky, every female's a rabbi, so he wanted to show, you know, be different than reformers. He called himself Chacham. Rav Hirsch quotes him several times. Rabbi Chacham Bernays was a tremendous genius, tremendous genius, one of the most well-respected Germans of his time. Um, it could be, he wasn't so practical, maybe. Maybe he was so smart that, like, you know, what they, they say over that he had two big Talmidim. You had Rav Hirsch and Rabbi Zil Hildesheimer. So Rav Hirsch kind of brought his Torah you know, to the to the to the Hamain, to the shul, he created a community. Rabbi Zil Hildesheimer, he started the yeshiva, right? The, the Berlin yeshiva. You know, but both of them kind of bring out his ideas. Another Rebbe of Rav was the Archaner. The Archaner we know as you know the Archaner, the great Achron. Archaner was a German rav. You know, went to university, didn't get a diploma. Similarly, like Rav Hirsch also never actually got a diploma. I never graduated, but you know, very uh, you know German in that tradition. We don't think of the Archaner in, in that sense. Um, what? Yeah, it was certainly the place got Dar, you know, he was uh, a little bit earlier than of her, so the lines were a little bit still. It wasn't like black and white reform versus orthodox. But he has the Archana, that was his rabbi as well. There's a tshuva in uh, in Binyan Sin written to Hirsch. Those are his uh, his rabbeim. He became a rabbi at a very young age, and um, 
And he decided he's going to write a sefer, and actually his plan originally was to write two svar, two big svar. One of them was going to be called Chayrev, which is Har Chayrev, Har Sinai, and one of them was going to be, was going to be called Meiria, right? Har HaMeiria, this is the Harabais, the Beis HaMikdash. That, that was the original plan. Chayrev was going to be very similar to like a sefer HaChinuch, which is he was going to say, go through mitzvahs, going to list the Taimei HaMitzvahs, and some of the basic halachas of the mitzvah. That was the idea of Chayrev. Um, Meiria was going to be a sefer to discuss more of the Hashkafa, the Hashkafa of Yiddishkeit, right? So like Chayrev is Har Sinai, which is, you know, where we got the mitzvahs, the actual mitzvahs on Har Sinai, that was the sefer on mitzvahs. Meiria was the spirit of Klai Yisrael, the Beis HaMikdash, where we serve Hashem, and that was going to be the purpose of Meiria, to be more of the Hashkafa um, of, uh, of, of Yiddishkeit. For some reason, he never wrote Maria. It's a big discussion why he never wrote it. Could be, you know, once the Chumash came out, then a lot of it was already included in the Chumash. Okay, but Chayrev he did write. Now, what's fascinating is he brings Chayrev to a printer, a non-Jewish printer to print, and he writes this in a letter. And the printer says, it's too big, I don't want to risk it, you're a young guy, 21 years old, like, you know, I'm going to print this big book from you, no one ever heard of you, I'm going to lose my money, I'm not doing it. He says, if you want, this non-Jewish publisher tells him, um, write a small little country's kind of thing. I'll print it. We'll see how it sells. If it sells well, then I'll print Chayrev. Okay, so Hirsch goes along and he writes the 19 letters. The 19 letters was meant to be a hakdama slash summary of Chayrev and Maria. Right? That's what, that was what his purpose was. And we'll see, as we get you know, a little bit later, you know, he'll give the introduction and then he'll actually get into Chayrev. And now what's, what's, what's fascinating and depressing is, is that you know, he summarizes Chayrev here in like three chapters, right? So Chayrev is this massive, you know, several hundred page book, which is a classic. And, you know, and so you could just imagine what Maria would have been, right? Because again, it's the, the, the part that summarizes Maria also is in a couple of chapters. You know, you could just imagine. Um, some say, Fakarati Dafka held that maybe philosophy wasn't such a good thing to write. You know, he, we'll see he, what he writes about the Rambam. It's like, better not. You know, Rav Hirsch is, one thing we'll see about Rav Hirsch is, you know, the actual Torah, the law is what's most important to him. Right, everything else is kind of secondary, but the actual law, what, what is the Torah? The Torah is a system of mitzvahs, a system of laws, and that's the most important thing, serving Hashem, doing His rasan, that's, that's the essential. So maybe that's why I didn't write it. But the point is, he ends up printing the 19 letters, and it's a tremendous, tremendous success in Germany. It's a classic overnight, and it was, became one of the most popular svarim, laid down for the first time, the Hashkafa of Yiddishkeit, you know, in a way, again, you have to realize just from a historical perspective what, what happened here, right? Germany was, you know, Ashkenaz, right? Ashkenazim is Germany, right? This is the Balayat Taisvis and the tradition, right? Frankfurt, they had the, the great Gedalim, the Chazam Seifer came from Frankfurt, Afla, Pnei Yeshua. This is, you know, Irva Eim Yisrael. Germany in general was, was, uh, was this country of, of, uh, for, for hundreds of years with the Yidden settled. Um, comes along the reform, 17-1800s, and in a couple of years, a couple of decades, and come out the whole country just became fry. Pella, Pella Atsuma, so you can't even imagine the, uh, you know, what happened over there. It's, it's hard to imagine. Um, and so Rav Hirsch is, 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 he's a person who, in a weird way, was hated by both the, the old school, right? The people that were holding on to the, uh, to the old school, they hated him because he was a little bit too modern. And then the moderns, the reform hated him because he was too from, right? He was the first one that really laid out a framework for Tyra in a modern world, right? That's like a kind of way to look at it, right? He's, he's speaking the language of the Germans, he's speaking the language of the Ascala, and he's like one-upping them, right? He's like, he's on their own terms, right? He's saying on the terms of the reform, how you're wrong and you have to stick with the Torah. That's like his, you know, and he really just like cuts the legs out from underneath them. And, you know, for, for example, very interesting, uh, Graz, right? Heinrich Graz is this famous Jewish historian. He's like considered the first, 
you know, modern historian of Jews. Uh, he reads the 19 letters and he's blown away and he comes and moves, moves into Rav Hirsch, right? Ultimately, he leaves and uh, he, he gets married. He comes back and his wife, uh, with his wife, and his wife wasn't covering it here and Rav Hirsch didn't let him into the house. Right? This is something which you have to understand, right? The Yekis, one of the ways that, uh, I always say this, like, the way, the, the way you're able to have term derecheres, like go to college and like be educated and like and also stay from, is by being very, very serious about your from credit. Like you can't have like this like, yeah, relying on coolers every other day. You know, yeah, we can shake women's hands, we can do this, we can do that, you know. And then like, you know, that doesn't work, right? You, you can, if you want to be derecheres, you have to have the Torah of the Germans, right? They were very, very, very serious. And you, today you walk into Breuer's and you're not wearing a talus, so they'll throw you out, right? They're very, they stick, you know, okay, maybe a little bit too rigid and that's why the community, uh, you know, whatever, the community is kind of, what? Okay, that's not the point. He probably holds you could, by the way. There, there, there are testimonies that he did. That's not the point. I'm not, that's not the point I'm trying to bring out. Um, right? So, so, uh, so again, and I didn't mean that either about the, the Yaki community. There's a lot of reasons why the community, as a community, America is very hard, right? To recognize, Rabbi Hirsch's biggest battle, and we'll discuss it later on in the 19 letters, was the, was the battle of, of Auschwitz, it was called. Basically, in Germany back then, right, we, we have you know, freedom of religion, separation of church and state. That didn't exist in Germany. It didn't exist in most European countries, right? There was, you were born into a community. You were a Jew, you were a Catholic, you were a Protestant, you were a Muslim. There was a legal entity. The community had legal powers, right? Again, it got smaller and smaller as the years went on. But there was something called, you were born into a Jewish community, right? And that meant... Even today in England, right? There's a Church of England. There's the Chief Rabbi of England, right? There's an actual government, you know, community. And the reformers had kind of hijacked the community. They hijacked the entire community, and they were controlling it. And if Hirsch held, he tried, lobbied very, very hard that the Jews should be able to withdraw and start their own from community, the separatist community, right? And he was ultimately successful. Um, a big controversy happens towards the end of his life where one of the other big places in Germany, Reb Bamberger, um, Paskin that you don't have to secede. Again, you have to realize... Going to the cemetery. What? Going burial. No, it was regarding the community. You should not be going burial because if the said, if you said, you let us say that, but Davinu, because if not, you're not buried in the cemetery. Reb Bamberger held that you don't have to separate, you don't have to separate from the community. This is, again, there's three letters back and forth, very, very famous letters, big controversy. Again, exactly what happened there. There was an issue of burial. One of the reasons why a lot of the Jews didn't want to separate was because they had no... But you have to realize, you're born into a community. It's not like today, I dive in here, okay, I'll dive in there tomorrow, right? This is your identity. You're, you're, you're part of the... You're born into a community. This is like... It was very hard. A lot of Jews did not leave. The issue with the cemetery was the new community didn't have a cemetery. And a lot of people were afraid to separate. Lamaisa it's very interesting is that it, was, it took a couple of months until they got the new cemetery and no one died during that kufa. That was like one of the, the, one of the few mice and mifsim that they say about Rav Hirsch, you know? It's a few interesting mifsim. Um, Rav Hirsch was always very nervous. They would pay him at the beginning of the year and he was very nervous that he's going to die in the middle of the year and he's going to owe money to the community and he was always telling his kids about it. Well, mice, he died the, December 31st. Was a, this year was actually, came out December 31st on, on Chav Zayin Teves. A few interesting mice, but the, you know, it's not like a, not a mice sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, and a lot of Jews did not separate from the community and it was very depressing. Hirsch was not much destroyed by it. He ends up dying a few years later. But I'll upon him, so it's, it's, he's coming here and he's trying to rebuild a community. Hirsch is very into the idea of community, right? Nowadays, in America, it's very hard to have a community, right? Community, you know, in terms of what is a community? A community is, in Hirsch's understanding, a self-sufficient Jewish organism, right? Which means, that's why the, when the Yankees came to America, they opened up a cemetery, they opened a hashkacha, because that's what a community is. 
in Lakewood, you know, a community, right? I could daven here, I could eat there, I have, you know, these kashvish agencies, I have this, I have that, I can go to my rub, I can go online. It's a very, very different world, and, and, the, and the ideal, the yeki community structure is very, very difficult, particularly in the big cities. Um, and, and that's why it kind of doesn't really exist so much anymore. But the Ashkafa and the deals and the Tyre of Hirsch is still very much relevant. And I think that we'll, uh, we will find, uh, you know, a certain, uh, a certain uh, you know, that there's a tremendous, uh, tremendous amount uh, that we can get from it. Rev Hirsch is very interesting. Rabbi Sol Salante, very famously, right? He's, uh, he's the founder of the Muslim movement, the modern Muslim movement. Um, ultimately, he leaves Lita. Rabbi Sol Salante spends the rest of his life in Germany, in France. He died, right? He abandoned Lita, and it's not clear why. It seems from his Talmidim, you know, there was a mashal that, that he would say, is that when you have a train that's uh, going down a mountain, right, it's going very fast, and you realize that something's broken, right? You can't fix it. It's impossible to fix because it's just simply going too fast, right? You have to wait for it to come crashing down at the bottom of the mountain, and then you could kind of try to fix it up and, and, and start going back up. You know, it was almost like he held that Germany had already crashed. Germany, France, England, right? The Haskalah had kind of taken over. They already hit rock bottom, and now we're able to, right, but when there's a certain inertia, when there's a certain force going a certain way, right, you try to stop it, you can't do it, right? And at that point already, Lita was beginning its, its descent into Haskalah, and like we saw, we saw Salante said, like, as if he was like kind of powerless to do anything about it. We saw Salante actually met Rev Hirsch uh, in Berlin, and there's a famous uh, meeting that they had between the two of them, and Rav Salante was very into the 19 letters, he said it has to be translated into Russian and tried to get it translated into Lashon HaKadosh, right? You know, you can read it as a standalone history of Yiddishkeit, Ashkafa of Yiddishkeit. Um, and again, you know, we, we'll, we'll get into kind of those particulars, you know, that refers kind of stands out, the term Derecheres kind of Ashkafa. But uh, again, it does read as a, as a, as a safer Ashkafa Yiddishkeit, a beautiful standalone safer. Um, and, and again, I, th- I think that uh, you know, we'll try at least over here that every week will kind of be its own independent week, even though you really have to understand it as one long safer. Um, you know, so if you miss a week, you know, uh, it's available on podcast. I would recommend if you're into it, you want to get a, the full of flavor. You know, uh, I think right now we're up to three listeners per week on the podcast. If we uh, <laughs> we'll try to get that up to ten, um, uh, and and just what <laughs> and just uh, uh, another another interesting thing, just just the structure of the cipher. So the nineteen letters, it's uh, Rehearsh wrote all nineteen letters, but the structure is the following. There is someone named Binyamin, again, Rav Hirsch, this is a fictional character named Binyamin, who meets a childhood friend named Naftali, right? And he meets him on the, uh, on the train, right? They're, they're waiting on the train or something. And Binyamin just, you know, just yells at Naftali, he's a young rabbi, and he starts yelling at him, Yiddishkeit is terrible, it's thing, we have to, you know, all his tainas on Yiddishkeit. And the Rav, Naftali, says, look, I have no time, the train is here, write me a letter. So the first letter is Binyamin's letter to Naftali. And Naftali is, is a reference to Rav Hirsch. Naftali, Ayala Shlucha is a deer, a deer is a Hirsch, right? That's like, Rav Hirsch is a Naftali. Um, and he's writing, the first letter is laying out all of his problems with Yiddish Kite, right? This guy is getting influenced by reform, being influenced by, right? Um, now, by the way, Haskalah and reform, just as a, as a, as a side point, there are two different terms. They're not really one and the same. Haskalah is, you would maybe you would call it like modern orthodox. Haskalah is the idea of the enlightenment, of you know studying the history of things and chachma and that kind of things, right? Um, you know, reform was it was kind of a, it was like a natural result of Haskalah, where enlightened Jews now, well, we're going to start reforming Judaism, right? Because you're so enlightened. Like Moses Mendelssohn, for example, we'll get back to Moses Mendelssohn in the 18th letter. Right? He was a master. He was the first modern Jew. 
A shame of Torah mitzvahs and probably had Yerushimayim. Right? A lot of Gedolim held a lot of Gedolim held very strong. They positively ever Moses Mendelssohn. He was Vakari. He was Moisa Nefesh for Yiddishkeit. You know, it, 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 there's, a, there's a funny thing. You know, in the discussion of, of the Zayar, right? right? So the back of the end, the right, famously wrote a sefer where a lot of the Zayar was written later, right? And it was, right? It was written during the days of the Rishayim parts of it, right? There's like there's a famous vlog that uh, someone said, uh, Dun Rabinowitz. He says. Moses Mendelssohn proves that the Zohar was written by Rabbi Ben Yechai because the Zohar talks about Nekudais, right? Kamas Pasach, right? He says, uh, so you see, I'm sorry, he says, so you see that Nekudais, says you see Nekudais are, are already from the days of the Tanayim because it's discussed in the Zohar. Rebecca Venda says, I'll prove to you that Nekudais are, I'll prove to you that the Zohar is written later because he discusses Nekudais, right? But I say, like, Moses Mendelssohn was like uh, Fakert, he was more free, <laughs> he had a, a lot of areas. Okay, we'll get into Mendelssohn. We'll get into him in the 18th letter. We'll get into the, uh, to, the, to, to, to that whole discussion. But it was possible to me a modern Jew, like today you have a, a modern Jew, a modern Orthodox, someone who is uh, involved in the world, he's cultured, right? But at the same time, he's a from Yid. Reform then said, look, you know, you, you want to be good Germans, right? German back then, to be a German was a very, you know, culture this, where a German want to be an accepted German. And so they slowly began chipping away because, there's, you know, there are a lot of things about Yiddishkeit that make German, you know, that, uh, that make it inconvenient, right? I can't eat with you, I can't marry you. And so reform kind of forms as the natural result of Ascala, but they're not, the two are not necessarily the same. So this guy, Binyamin, writes a letter to Rav Hirsch, that's the first letter. And then Rav Hirsch, the next 18 letters is Rav Hirsch's response. Um, Binyamin, you know, fictionally writes letters back in between that are not actually printed, right? So like a first Rosal letter, in your letter back to me, you wrote this, and then like he'll respond. But really, it's the first letter is the complaints, is Binyamin's bunch of complaints, and then the next 18 letters is a Hirsch's response. Um, it's really like seven, you know, the, the, the you know, letter two through uh, 17 is kind of building up Ash. Number two, letter two is where he's kind of giving uh, the introduction, how he's going to approach it. Then the next bunch of letters will discuss Yiddishkeit. The 18th letter will discuss a very interesting phenomenon, which we saw that in the end of uh, Venter for Life, which is like, what happened, right? Which is, uh, you know, now that, uh, you know, how come, how did it happen that we, we tur- you know, how, how are we in the situation that we're in, where most of the Yiddin went off to Derech? You know, what, what was the, the deterioration? There's a very controversial letter where Hirsch writes about the Marnevuchim and the different things, we'll get to that. And then the 19th letter is kind of a synopsis. So, Metashem, uh, next week, uh, we'll start with letter one, the complaints. But uh, again, the only thing I ask you is if you're going to stay for the letter that complaints, then you have to come for the rest because you'll hear the complaints. <laughs> when, when, I, when I did this by Nice there a bunch of years ago, so I, I read the letter, did the complaints, and then I added like my own, kind of like, you know, made it more modern, right? Because today we have different problems. We're not necessarily going to have the same problems that the reformers had in the, uh, in the 1800s. And like, I really laid it on thick, you know? And then like a bunch of guys, like, they stopped coming. They're like, you know, okay, you have good titles now. We don't, we don't have the answer. So it's, he's going to build it up. It's not like a simple answer. It's not like, uh, I this, you know, then just like a simple answer. He's building an entire framework and viewpoint of understanding Yiddishkeit, which in turn will answer all, all the challenges. So Mr. Shem uh, next week. We will begin. Thank you.